Not too over the top, is it? I don't think so. I think it's just just the right amount is what that is. Um, welcome to the See Me After Class podcast, episode number 31. Holy shit. The only podcast in Canada uh, proven to be not only the gayest, but also the most retarded. Scientifically proven to be the most gay and retarded podcast in Canada. So here we are. It started. No turning back now. What do you guys think of the graphics? You guys think that shit's cool? Is it badass and cool? Gotta love all those generic 80s scrolling uh, visual effect slates. You guys like that shit? <clears throat> oh god, that... <laughs> Apparently I freaked everybody out. Sorry about that. Didn't mean to scare you there. That was so realistic. Oh yeah. Real a real explosion. I hope you all shielded your eyes. <clears throat> but you know when uh when it's a constant winter blizzard here in Canada, you take fire when you appreciate fire when it comes your way. You know? You gotta get warmth. Somehow. Jake Lloyd live show is on. Fuck you. Do you sell podcast merch? No, not yet. But I guess I should, eh? Had a few organizations get in touch with me. One seemed pretty cool, but I, I think I was waiting for a response and I never got anything. I think the last person who contacted me about that... Um... I was hesitant to respond because I felt like I didn't have really any designs that could go on a shirt. I, su I suppose I could put the podcast logo on a shirt, but I don't know. I just feel like I don't have nearly the uh, the kind of audience following my podcast to warrant that kind of merchandise, you know. But But I guess the merch is the point to help the podcast grow. I don't know. Um... I want this what if 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 I were if to do merch I'd want it to be like really good. I hate getting shitty shirts in the mail. Like when I order a shirt or a sweater and it just sucks, the fabric sucks or like the the print that's on it comes off way too easily. It's like poorly made. Um I'll get to super chats in a second. Hang on. Um John is the hacker man. <laughs> hey, I'm glad you guys like the graphics. That was a lot of fucking work. Even though I d I didn't make the scrolling 80s like videos. I mean, you just you buy those. Like, Cuz that's all that's all everything fucking is now on YouTube is pre like pre-made bought Adobe After Effects stock videos and graphics and motion picture templates, you know, and, like pre-made text slates to make everything look fancy and cool even though everything's bullshit like i just went out and bought like a five pack of like cool 80s loopable video slates that you can use as like a backdrop 
I gotta sh I gotta show you some of my other podcast graphics, by the way, that I've been working on. So if I switch, I I got I have this Stream Deck device, by the way, that I mentioned earlier on a previous podcast, where it's basically like a fifteen button grid, and there it's fifteen entirely programmable, customizable keys, right? And you can assign whatever graphic as a label on the button that you want, because they're all each button has an LED screen in it. I'll show you it right here. It's wires kind of tight, but you know what? Fuck it. Um. Anyway, programmable keys. You can adjust the the text label on them and the image, and you can assign whatever actions you want to each key. And you can also have you can also have keys that have multi actions, so you can assign multiple actions to one key press. So with one key press on this thing, I can start my stream. I can mute all the audio sources, and um, I can automatically tweet on Twitter saying that I'm live. I don't have to do it myself in the browser. I can set it to this thing because you can connect your Twitter account to this and your YouTube account and stuff, so you can like post chat messages if you press these buttons so i got it i i bought this thing and i spent a bunch of time trying to get the maximum use out of it and it's all programmed and i can access everything really easily now so that's awesome and so what i can do well i'll show you the other thing so if i wanted to show you what's going on on my pc right i can switch over to uh what is this um so Let's say if I wanted to show you FL Studio, which I have right now, was I was working on some music uh, the past couple of days, so I can sh I can switch to that monitor, and there's a cool little star field background, you know, which I think is pretty cool, easy on the eyes, same basic layout as before, but just everything is uh, a little reworked, and I can switch back to podcast mode over here. Um, if I need to go to the bathroom, bathroom, uh, I can go to my multi actions here and hit be right back, which will go to my be right back video loop and it will mute my microphone. So the CB after class podcast will be back after these messages. And we're back. Pretty cool, right? So, um, yeah, I can switch between those scenes. And then I have one for going offline, too. And uh, I put a bunch of memes on here. I got spicy memes. You guys want to see my spicy memes? Okay, let's, let's look at some spicy memes. So I got some badass memes here. If I, like, do something badass or say something badass or cool. I can open my meme folder, and I can press this. So, like, I would, I would, I would press that after I said something really badass and cool. Like, uh, no, you. And it doesn't matter if it doesn't matter if the thing I say is really lame. I have a spicy meme punctuating it, so that means it's awesome. Or uh, how about the money meme? I can have I can have dollar bills falling from the top of the screen if I say something cool. 
Or how about deal with it glasses? That's a pretty spicy meme. Deal with it. My eyes aren't really aligned with that. That's too bad. Um, or like an explosion. How about this? I can make that happen however, whenever I want. I am God. Anyway, that shit's pretty cool, right? Awesome. This this show has very good graphics, so that means it's a very good show. <laughs> See Me After Class podcast, the number one show in Canada. Um, let me just check. Uh, let me just catch up on the chat here. I've missed a whole bunch. You guys can hear me, right? How's the stream? Is everything everything sounding okay? John, you're gay for this. Oh, well, that's a shame. We all know I hate gay people. And whammon. And blacks. <laughs> Spicy memes, yes. The memes do not get spicier than when you find them here. Thanks, man. Some of you guys think this is epic. It is epic. John should go completely bald. Give it time. Give it time. Um... Okay, the stream is excellent. Good. How do you do, my fellow kids? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm down with the homies. Uh, let's let's do some super chats here. There's already a bunch. You guys, you crazy guys. Um, let's do this. Let's let's do this. Kirkland Signature, you again. What's with your Costco, <laughs> your your Costco uh, profile picture? You a fan of Costco there, Kirkland Signature? I don't know how you have any money left to spend at Costco if you're sending it all to me through fucking Super Chats. Kirkland Signature says, Daddy, nut in my butt. I'll absorb it and be gay more. <laughs> I don't know if that's how it works, but you're... Uh, um, I got to think about that. That's gross. You're breaking the base on my surround, you you count. <laughs> Does Hello World ever develop as a character? Uh, you'll see. Um, I'm going places with it, yeah. Um it's uh I can't show you cuz it's pretty spoilery, but um behind the camera on my four whiteboards on my closet, I have uh all four of them are filled up with writing for episode 13, which um, beforehand I'd already written a pretty rough draft of. And then I just, the other night, I was up until 6 in the morning just uh, outlining the whole thing on my boards. So I have a better idea of the whole thing. And I came up with some new ideas for the episode while I was doing that. So it's a, a phase of the process that helps. And so... I'm making really good progress on episode 13. I'm sure many of you would, will be pleased to know. Um, 
it's not quite done yet, but uh, the, the framework is all there. Um, I know I know what each what each act of the script is. I know what happens. Uh, it's just getting the dialogue finished and all the fine details worked out. But uh, in broad strokes, it's it's all there. So uh, so yeah, working on that. Um, hope you guys are excited for episode thirteen. Hope you liked episode twelve. Hope you guys liked my little pre-show roll thing there. I thought that was pretty cool. Except for everyone that complained. God forbid I promote my own content on my own channel. Whoops. Anyway, um, let's move along here. Captain Desi says, Hey, John, how have you been? I came back from vacation from Oregon. I saw a license plate from Canada that said, Beautiful British Columbia. Is it true, John? Is BC beautiful? You know what? It is. It is, it is beautiful here. But uh, living in Canada is not perfect, you know. I'd still take it over the States, but it's not perfect here either. But it is a very beautiful place. Um, I hope you enjoyed Oregon, dude. Thanks thanks a lot, Captain Desi. I appreciate it. You're a big supporter on the show. I ha round of applause to all these beautiful people for their uh, super chats. Thank you. Andy Berryman says, accept this edgy donation amount, $7.99. Is that edgy? As, as a token of my thanks, I have also sacrificed a small moth in your honor, you, you piss merchant heart. Berryman out. Thank you, Andy. That's very nice of you, dude. Cowardly the dog says, oh shit, he's drunk. Love you, man. Keep on trucking. Uh, not quite yet, but uh, we'll see. We're getting there. We're definitely on that road. Actually, no, we're not really. This is my last beer that I have. So, uh, and this is uh, this is my second one. So, not too buzzed. But um, anyway, Dice says, "Hey, John, it's me, Dice." Oh, cool! I didn't know. Thanks. Also, your audio is weird. Care to be a little more specific there? How is it weird? Is there a problem? Is there a problem with the stream right now? Can you you guys can hear me all right? I hope so. Admiral Icarus says, "Nice studio, by the way." Bite, bite, foam. No, no, you cannot make me. Nope, nope, it's not happening. Um. No, the studio's not done yet, but, uh, I mean, it is partially constructed. I mean, I have a, I have a corner, I have a room cleared out, and I have a corner built as, like, a set, and I have a television and a chair, and I have my camera set up there on a tripod, and, uh, I'm gonna get a second camera in there, but, uh, that's the thing, I need, I need to get another tripod. That's on my shopping list for the studio. Doesn't have to be a fancy one, just like one of those uh, basic ones from your from the Amazon Basics lineup. That'll do. I just need a secondary tripod to put uh, my B camera on for my studio, and that way I can have the idea is to have like an Alex Jones type room where I do a show. So I'm thinking of doing one of those little one man shows. 
with like uh you know that are on YouTube like Philip DeFranco or one of those guys but it would be me and I would talk about something for 5 minutes and it would it would be like cut and it would have like A cam B cam so like there'd be like a wide uh ideally it would be one that zooms out kind of like Alex Jones has where it occasionally cuts to a wide shot of him sat sitting at his desk and it slowly zooms out and it's pretty funny and then it'll uh cut to so th that's like a two camera setup they have the wide and then they have basically just the the medium shot of Alex at his desk but uh you know how Ben Shapiro has the wide slider shot the straight on medium shot and the and like the side angle close shot that's kind of what i'm going for i want to have a close shot to like look into for certain jokes and stuff um so that's something i'm working on uh i still got an idea for like doing a parody of like i talked about this before i'm going to do like a 90s themed video game show that's a parody of video and arcade top 10 which is a show that i used to watch on Canadian cable television. I don't know if you guys have heard of that, but uh, I love that show, and I wanted to make something like it that's, like, super retro and makes fun of that era. And uh, so that's something I'm working on. I got my green screen set up in there, too, right next to my chair. Um, what else? I've been really busy. Uh, I've been working on episode 13, like I said. I've been I got a shitload of dialogue done which I'm happy about. Um so that's on the way. Um I f I f in the past couple months I filmed two weddings. One of them is edited and done and burned onto discs and they're very happy and I'm currently editing the second one. Um I just a friend of mine wanted help with her sh with her short film. She she was shooting a short film and she needed an editor, and uh, she was kind enough to give me feedback on a screenplay that I sent her. So I said I'd help her out with her short film, and so I cut that together. That was kind of a pain in the ass because it's it was 4K, red, red raw footage. You guys know it. You guys know what I'm talking about. Any of any of you guys video editors? You know what red cameras are? These fucking pretentious bullshit 4K cameras with no onboard audio. They don't record audio. These fucking cameras. Not even to, in, not even like primitive audio to use as a marker, a reference marker. You know it's bullshit. What? Just throw a fucking cheap microphone on there. How fucking hard is it? You know. Just so it makes it that a little bit easier to like synchronize it with uh, with the higher quality audio that you've recorded using devices that are created specifically for recording audio, like a Zoom H4n, right? That's usually what they're recorded with, or just some kind of mixer. Um, but so yeah, just like the hard part of that shit is just matching all the audio up with the video. It takes for fucking ever. Um, not only all the boom audio, but the lavalier mics, you got to attach all that. And when all the video slates are muted because they don't have onboard audio, it makes it a little tricky sometimes. Only really when uh, the, the, 
the audio that you're given isn't slated. So ideally, you know, on a film set, you have like the, uh, the assistant camera, right? Camera assistant who's got the, the clapper board and she's also, or he or she's usually got a bunch of tape around their waist so they can tee off actors on the floor, like where they're supposed to stand, give them their marks and stuff. Well, they're also supposed to mark the start of every slate, right? And so they'll go uh, scene scene one, take one, scene one, take one A. Uh, and then they'll they'll clap the board. A lot of them have, it's not an actual bo clapping board anymore. A lot of these kids, film kids, they have these apps on their phones that do the same thing, so... There'll just be a little clap or snapping noise that you can use to sync with the audio. So, like, this, the clapper board will be on the camera, right? It gets clapped. And then, hopefully, if the boom operator is on his shit, he will tilt the microphone towards where the clapper board is to get the sound. So, you get that peak in audio, and you can use that as a marker to synchronize it with the, the audio, right? A bunch of times that wasn't done, right, with the files that I got. So I had all this unslated audio, and then trying to match it up with a video that's muted is just kind of sucks. But eventually I got through that and um, put it all together. There's a rough cut that's all done, and um, uh, all her credit slates, I did all that too. So that's all done. I'm just waiting for in her input at this point. And so, yeah, just editing that wed last wedding now and uh, working on episode 13. Been working on some music. I just finished all the graphics for this podcast, which I'm really excited about. And I'm all f obviously almost done building the studio. So that this is one of the phases of like the, um, you know, I, w I wanted to like get all the graphics work done and then I can turn up the quality of this podcast another notch by having a really nice studio set up with like a multi-camera thing and like a nice table uh maybe a second second microphone so i can interview people and um uh some nice decor you know some something to decorate the studio with something to things to occupy the frame I was looking on Craigslist for the like old retro computers, like the kind of computers I used to use in school computer labs when I was in like grade two, which would have been like 93, 94, 95 around there. So like app, Apple Macintosh all in one computers or Apple, uh, the Apple, the Macintosh Performas. I don't know if you, any of you guys know what I'm talking about, but uh, those are the kind of computers I used to used to love using in school when I was uh, in early grade school. I wanted to get that for like the aesthetic of the show, maybe. I don't know. It was just something I was looking at. I don't really know how I want to. I I want the studio to look, to be honest, because I've got this whole '80s retro, obviously overdone, but fuck it, I still think it's cool. Uh, '80s aesthetic. Like, all the graphics are like that. But then uh, this the room that I'm using for a studio is very, like, uh, it's very, it has a lot of 
character. It's like rustic. It's got like wood walls and floor, but one of the walls is like a pale brick pattern. So it looks like an old room, like from, I don't know, fuck, any era, I guess. It's just like an old looking room in a house with like wood and brick finish. That doesn't really go with the 80s thing, but whatever. I guess it doesn't really matter that much. Unless like I just cover the the wood and the, the brick and put like curtains up, just have like a curtain background. That would be cool. Um, like Rogan does, you know. No, Rogan's got brick on the wall behind him, but then the wall behind his guests, he has that curtain. I like to look at other people's podcasts for ideas. Like, uh, you know, the Howard Stern show has that huge multi-leveled, basically, uh, just this giant studio room where Howard is basically at the center of it all on an elevated platform. You can tell a lot of people by the the way they construct their studio, you know? Because Howard Stern is very much that type of guy who just floating above the rest of everybody, floating above everybody else, you know? Literally on his own elevated level of the room. But, you know, the area that his guests are in is just like this really comfy, carpeted place with a bunch of couches and there's enough space and the camera angles are wide enough that it lets people and the, the the cords on the headphones are long enough that it lets people freely wander around the room. They can stand up on the carpet. They can walk around. They can slouch in one of the couches and you'll always get a good angle of them because they have a lot of like ceiling mounted cameras or cameras that are that are at least high up. Um, but that's a little that's overkill. I don't want to do something like that. Um. H3 Podcast is another good example of something that, that's simple, but it looks really classy. They got that like big uh, logo on their rear wall, and they have that velvet couch on the one side. And um, and then like on the wall opposite, you see all those sound absorption pads. That's another thing I want to get. If I'm going to use that room as a studio, I got I to gotta treat the acoustics because... Um, there's a lot of sound that bounces around in there because of all the hard surfaces in there, right? And the size of the room relative to, like, my bedroom. Um, you know, you hear that twanging sound if you were to clap your hands in that room because the, the sound waves bounce all around in there, right? So you got to put you got to put sound absorption pads or, like, um, uh, as a low budget option, apparently even egg crates work. Like if you were to get empty egg cartons and just tape them up onto the wall, the fact that the the fact that they have that rigid uh, that like um, protruding and not protruding design, it's like going in and out, right? You have all that that shape is pretty effective for like capturing sound waves and containing them and preventing them from bouncing around like you, you, the sh a combination of the shape and the material right if it's foam if it's foam then uh, it'll absorb the sound pretty easy so so i want to get a pack of those uh and put them all around the room so that's another thing and um yeah been working pretty much non-stop 
I know I haven't been uploading lately, so it doesn't seem that way, but I assure you, uh, just the, the graphics alone for the fucking podcast took just days and days straight, but I'm glad I'm finally done that. Um, but anyway, uh, let's, uh, let's get back to the super chats here. I don't think I finished with these. Um, but anyway, thank, thank you everybody for your super chats. So that that's all, this is all going towards me building this and making the show better and better. So, uh, I appreciate all your, all your help. Um, uh, Brandon Urbano. Thank you, buddy. Really appreciate it. You've been a big help, man. Um, Tyler Games 125 says, just touch the foam with your teeth. No. See, if I give you an inch, you're going to take a mile. You're, I'm going to, I'm going to put my teeth on the foam and then what? You're going to be like, oh, well, we pushed him that far. Let's try and push him a little bit further. Let's see if he can put his teeth and his tongue on the foam. I don't want to do it. You can't take away my free will. I'm a human being, goddammit. Clesham says new graphics and intro are muy, muy bueno. Muy bueno. Late here, late here, but I'll stick through as much of the podcast as I can, prepping your package for the P.O. Box, too. Oh, hey, thanks, man. Hey, by the way, that's another thing. So, um, God, I've been, I've, I sent an email to this guy who sent me an email saying that he would send me his Xbox One that he's not using, uh, which is great, but, uh, I've been so busy, I haven't gotten back to him. I got, I gotta get back to him, so, uh. Hopefully he's still on board to send his Xbox. Um, so until I get confirmation from him, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that uh, I might be covered on the Xbox thing. It looks like uh, one of you guys is, is generous enough to send me their Xbox One that they're not using. So um, I'm gonna send that guy an email uh, sometime after this stream. See if I can finally get a hold of that and. Uh, uh, I'm obvi- I'll obviously send you something for it. Like, I mean, if you don't want anything, if you don't want any money for it, then I can at least cover the sh- the shipping charge, or whatever. But um, anybody who wants to send me stuff, uh, just be careful with what you're sending. I just mean like, if it's like if it's contained like bottled liquid or something like that, just keep in mind how it's going to be shipped. And that the change in altitude of the packaging isn't going to cause whatever you're sending, like the packaging of whatever you're sending to, like, rupture, right? Because that's been a problem I've with this sort of thing, I recall. You know, fans send things, but they don't really think through, like, the the change in altitude and air pressure based on the shipping method. And then it all just comes out a mess on the other end. Um, cause I know some of you want to send like maybe liquids or like bottles of stuff, but, uh, uh, uh just keep that in mind. And if you do want to send me something, hold on, this is another thing that I was working on. So I, I got a bunch of titles for the podcast. So, um, let's see, it's under videos. So I have my PO box address here. So if you guys got something you want to send me, you can send it to this address here. Uh, I set up a P.O. box. 
So you can send stuff, whatever, preferably not anthrax or dildos or dildos with anthrax laced over top them. Uh, if you have something to send me that's not anthrax or dildos, uh, or anything that hopefully won't poison me or the staff at the post office who collect the package, um, go ahead and send it to that address, and um, um, I'll I'll I routinely like go by there and see if there's anything that's been dropped off. So. Uh, if I go by there and I see something that's been mailed, um, I can, at your request, I can open whatever the thing is on the stream. So, uh, if you send me a package of something, some mystery item, um, I'll open it up on the stream here and, um, that'll be cool. Anyway, so that's that. Um, what else? Let's finish off the super chats. I'm still not fucking through this shit. Um, so yeah, thanks, Klesham. I really appreciate it, dude. Thanks for all your help with everything. Lone Star says, just got here. Cuck, how's it going? It's going very well, man. Thank you very much, Lone Star. Cash says, I want to suck your thick dick job. Bite the foam. No. Thank you, Cash. Bully Scholarship Wee says, Hey, John, just want to thank you for all the content you've produced over the years. <clears throat> you've given me so much entertainment and laughter. Keep it up, man. Hey, thank you, buddy. I'm glad you enjoy the show so much. It means a lot to me, and it's something I work really hard on, so I'm glad it's paying off. I'm glad you guys are enjoying it. Um, Admiral Icarus says, Majora's Mask playthrough when? What's the consensus on that? Did you guys... Did you guys like my Ocarina of Time playthrough? Was it boring? Was it gay? Did it suck? Um, is a Majora's Mask playthrough something you'd be interested in watching? I wrote down a bunch of games that I'd be inter interested in streaming, but uh, whether you guys are interested in it, that's another matter. I want to stream games that are fun and funny, you know, where the fan interaction, like, enhances it. Like that that game that PS4 game until dawn, that's that's a game I'm thinking of streaming pretty soon because apparently it's really funny. It's like a fun time because the the way the game works, you decide the fate of all of like a, a like a cast of basically teenage horror movie characters that all get slaughtered one by one, right? So uh that seems like it would be a fun one to stream if you can if you guys can think of any other games you want me to stream i can uh, do that but uh let me know what you think of the idea of a majora's mask stream because if if you guys are down for that then i'll i'll set that up one of these days not today because that'll that'll take a while but um but yeah i would love to play through that game i love it it's awesome anyway um um Dice says, "I John, I've been a fan of yours since I was eight. I love you and what you do. Never feel alone. We're here to support you. Much love. Heart. Hey, thanks, man. Genuinely, I really appreciate that. God, I, w I was feeling depressed and anxious today. You know? And I have no, re I have no reason to. 
it sucks, you know, when you feel sad, but you're like, you know, you don't really, you should be happier than you are. I mean, I got this, uh, I got my own YouTube channel. I can put whatever I want on it. My fan base can view it. They can access it easily. They're supporting me through Patreon and Super Chat and all this shit. Things are going, thing, things could be a hell of a lot worse. You know, I'm doing well. This is, this, it's been pretty profitable so far too. I'm not going to lie. This Super Chat thing has been pretty crazy. And I've been using that to grow. You know, I want to expand my studio. I want to make a sweet studio, you know, and like a cool, I want to build a cool, like if I can, if I can get to the point where I can build like cool sets, I can make little mini sketches and movies and stuff. And then, and then I can take over the world from there and be my own studio like Paramount. And then, and uh, what's the other one? Universal. Taking over the world one one video at a time. Um, but I, I was I was just, I was sad today, and I was actually apprehensive to start streaming. You know, there's always that hill that you've got to get over, because uh, every every time, literally every time before I start streaming, it's the same fucking internal thing where I'm thinking, I'm like, who who cares what I think? Who wants to listen to me today? There's a billion people to listen to today. Why would people want to listen to me and my stupid ass sitting in a de dark, depressing room, staring at a camera, speaking into it like a maniac, you know? Because, I mean, I am live broadcasting, but there's nobody around me. I'm just here in this fucking room alone, essentially speaking into a microphone, talking to myself like a crazy person. Like Alex Jones. But f fucking thank God people enjoy it. People enjoy listening to me for whatever reason. I guess I managed to be funny just enough for people to stay tuned. Um, and uh, comments like that mean a lot, so I appreciate it, you know. That's that's the always that's always the thing that makes me bounce back, you know, is whenever I have those thoughts, you think like, well, who's going to fill that gap online? Logan Paul and Jake Paul and like all these fucking annoying YouTubers who have this ridiculous self-inflated sense of themselves that have no self-awareness and they're like, well, if you're not going to go out there on the internet and like show who reveal who, who you are and talk about your feelings and like you know if you're not going to do it then I'll do it you know and then everyone's impression of a YouTuber is fucking Jake and Lloyd Paul so everyone thinks they're fucking psychopaths PewDiePie thank god he's uh he's not insane for someone doing as well as he is he's remarkably sane but anyway but I'm glad I finally I decided to actually do it, and uh, you guys have been great so far. This is it's been a good time, and I hope you guys I really hope you guys enjoy these streams. And uh, it's not going to be entirely useless. I I thought we might do some things today. Like I thought I might I might work on an audio track in FL Studio if you guys want to watch me do that. But we don't have to. That was just an idea. 
once I'm done getting through these super chats, I was basically just going to ask, uh, I mean, I have a bunch of material written down for things to talk about, but if you guys would rather I moved on to something in particular, like that you, uh, as a group agree that we should do, like I'm willing to do that, whatever it is. So, um, let me just finish off these super chats. Okay. All right. So cash says, John CJG, you are the apple of my anus. I love you. Hey, thank you, buddy. Tobias Edverson. If you need some help with setting up the studio, I can recommend a guy. Look up Cameron Shuttersnap. <laughs> I heard he really knows his shit, that guy. That's a great idea. Thank you, man. You've been a big big help, Tobias. I appreciate your uh, contributions. Kirkland, you crazy guy. Is, Mer is Master Chief sucks at Halo 3 canon because Arbiter's in it and also talks like a tard, like Chief, but Chief says he was there first and loved Halo 2. Hmm. Um. Oh, I see what you mean. Um. Yeah, I suppose it's canon, but, uh, that the fact is that episode was made before before I had really fashioned Arbiter as a character in this in the overall story. So the Arbiter's first introduction into the series is Master Chief sucks at Halo Three, and it it was basically a duplicate of Chief. When I was at the time, I wasn't smart enough to make Arbiter a foil of Chief, which is obviously what I did later on. With like the pilot episode of Arby and the Chief, I made Arbiter the smart, the smarter, let's say, the smarter one. Um, but yeah, I still consider Master Chief sucks at Halo Three canon because ultimately the show I think at this point is about my ev evolution as a filmmaker in the grand scheme of things, right? Because you can't really take it seriously any other way than that, you know. Because it's obviously me puppeteering the whole thing. Anyway. Um, Brian P. says, Hey, John. Super big fan. Never got to donate. I watched the uploads. As a fellow Sonic autist, how would you rank the classics? Ooh, I like this question. 1, 2, Sonic 3 and K, CD, and Mania. I liked how you had Sonic stuff in the uh, old episodes. Okay, here we go. A rating of the, the classic Sonic games you listed from best to worst, in my opinion, okay? Um, uh, three and Knuckles, CD, 2, Mania, and Sonic 1. That's what I think. Um, but I love them all. They're all great. I would say I like Sonic 1 the least, though, to be honest. It, it's really good, but if if I had to pick one that I like the least, it would be Sonic 1, just because it's so different from all the other ones. Sonic 1 was way more platformy. Uh, the game really picked up speed with Sonic 2, obviously. And it kind of stayed that way. Like, uh, Sonic 1 is really feels kind of like the odd one out there, you know? But uh, I still liked it. It was cool. 
Cross Counter says, Hey, John, do you care about fighting games at all? How do you feel about Evo? Uh, what is that again? I'm, I'm not even sure. Um, I was never really into fighting games that much. I really liked Mortal Kombat, be partly because I owned it on Sega CD, and, and just because I want, it was one of the few games on Sega CD that I owned at the time. And it was also really bloody. I like that about it, too. Um, that was one of my favorite fighting games growing up. And also Street Fighter for Super Nintendo. And later on, Marvel vs. Capcom 2 and Soul Calibur. Uh, and Killer Instinct. Those are the fighting games I liked. Um, and Smash Brothers. That's not a fighting game, John. Whatever. Nerds. Um, me and my friend were having an interesting discussion about that, actually, uh, the other day. About Smash Brothers and other fighting games. Like, whether Smash is a fighting game or not. And it is a fighting game because you fight other people in it. Like, that's what the game is. You, f you, you play Smash Brothers to fight other players. So... Therefore, it's pretty much a fighting game, right? But it's not a fighting game in the sense that it involves super precise button presses and it's not as rigid as other fighting games are. Smash Brothers is a very free... It's a very free-moving fighting game, right? Because the the positioning of the other player that you're fighting does not determine your own direction. You know, a lot of fighting games will do that. Like if if your opponent jumps to the other side of you, it not only flips your direction, but it flips all your controls as well, right? Um, so you like you got to do the opposite D-pad button presses whenever, depending on which side your opponent is on. But Smash Brothers obviously doesn't work like that, right? No matter where your opponents are in relation to you you can freely move and look and jump in whatever direction you want. I mean, you can jump in whatever direction you want either way, but it doesn't change your direction, right? And obviously, the the incorporation of final smashes and items, which none of the competitive guys like, and the fact that Brawl has tripping is bullshit. Um, but, and... Because of the way it works, Smash works, right? Like instead of an HP thing, it's a it's a it's a damage counter that that builds upwards, basically infinitely until you're knocked off the playing field, right? Um. But I'm still gonna call Smash Brothers a fighting game, and I do really like Smash Brothers, so it's fun. Fuck you! It's fun, and fun is good. Fun is a good thing. Anyway, uh, that's what I think about fighting games. So thank you, Cross Counter. Uh, Brandon Urbano says, John, we all appreciate the work you do. I mean, if we if we didn't, we wouldn't have supported you for as long as we have. Love you, buddy. Parentheses. Obviously no homo. Well, good. Good, because this is a straight, white, cis male only stream. White power. Cross Counter says, do you ever plan on doing a fan movie night? Hmm, you're going to have to fill me in on what that would entail exactly. 
what which movie exactly? Like stuff that I've made, stuff that fans have made. Did you make a movie? Is that what you're really trying to say here, Cross Counter? Did you make a fan movie that you want here? You want aired here, on, right here on the See Me After Class podcast, the only podcast in Canada? The most gay and retarded podcast ever made. Scientifically certified to be gay. Thanks a lot, Cross. I appreciate it. <clears throat> Lone Star says, John, when you reach 100,000 subs, do you have anything special planned? Maybe I'll do coke off the plaque that YouTube sends me. Live on stream, of course. Like Andy Dick. Thanks, Lone Star. I appreciate your help, buddy. Kirkland Signature. As always. Who's canon? Trent and Travis? Randall the dog? Um, I see them all as canon, to be honest. I mean, Randall was just a one-off. That was just a gag for that one episode, basically, but... It's true that Trent and Travis were recurring characters, and eventually I had Xanthar. What the fuck did I do with those guys again? Xanthar just abducts them one day and then rapes them in their asses forever. That's what I did with one of my with my characters in my story that I'm actually taking seriously right now in its eighth season. I'm taking a story seriously that once had characters abruptly abducted by aliens and raped in space forever. That's the sign of a quality show. A quality director. I know what I'm doing, guys. Okay? Um, I gotta go to the bathroom, guys. Bathroom! Bathroom! So, uh, I am going to be right back and I'm going to switch the scene to be right back mode. So we this the See Me After Class podcast will be back after these messages. <laughs> yes, it's going to do that every time we come back. I set it up that way. It's not too over the top, right? No. No, of course not. I'm glad you agree. I'm glad it's so unanimous. Um, welcome back to the See Me After Class podcast. Did you guys miss me? Um, uh, what would you guys like to me to do? Do you guys want me to talk about some stuff? I got a whole list of stuff here to talk about. We can do that. Um, or I can move on to something if you prefer. If you prefer to watch me work on FL Studio. We can do that. If you want me to do a stream of... S if you want me to play something on YouTube, I can do that. People have been asking me to do a season seven thing. Um, or I could just catch up on commentaries for fucking season eight, which I'm really behind on. I should really do that at some point. Um, I sawed your Pinor. Nice try. Left your mic unmuted. No, I didn't. Nice try. God forbid you guys hear me piss. Did he really? I think I heard him urinate. Stop the presses. Urine comes out of John's penis. This is unheard of. 
Watch red versus blue. No, I can't do that. R.I.P. John has been diagnosed with Ligma. Oh, yeah, Ligma balls. You think I don't know these memes? I know your spicy memes. Can't go over my head with this shit. Polyfrost. Oh, man. I feel really different about Polyfrost lately. After the, a bunch of feedback that I got, I basically feel like my Polyfrost script is a big piece of shit. I didn't I didn't write it thinking that it would be a piece a piece of shit but you know just like all f most first drafts of things are you know I feel like I had a a theme that I was really excited about and I thought it translated but I don't think I articulated I don't really I think I didn't really hit the mark that I wanted to with it and I think I got to start from scratch on the polyfrost thing I'm thinking of rewriting it just Basically, like I said, from scratch. I think as a novel. I was thinking of doing that, maybe. Because um, it's certainly easier to achieve than an animated series or a fucking video game. In the video game, I hit a brick wall with two just because it got too complicated with the AI partners and enemy programming that I felt that I needed to incorporate because... It was so story-driven, and I wanted everything to feel grounded in some kind of realism, but then I realized I couldn't really execute it the way I wanted it. So, I don't know. Taking a break from that. I think if I work on a video game, I've got to start much smaller. I want to make something maybe for, like, a maybe a phone game. Something way simpler than what I was do working on before that I can actually execute and program and something that can be played like multi-platform on like a phone or a p computer or a PS4 or whatever. Anyway, I don't know. Taking a break from the game dev for a while, just focusing on my channel now again. John, I heard you got Ligma. Yes, yes. More super chats. Yes, I'm aware. Talk about stuff. Yeah, we'll do that. Play Majora's Mask. I'll do a, a Majora's Mask another day, not today. Play Desposito. Commentaries. Hmm. Season 7 commentary. Yeah, a bunch of people want that. Um, it's not a piece of shit, but you know best, man. Well, that's piece of shit is strong, but uh, um, it could be it could be a lot better. And uh, I think um, see, I want the show to be really hyper violent. I have a thing with violence. I want to see grotesque violence. But I feel like I'm doing it. There's a point that I'm doing it. And I think the the po the reason I'm doing the violence may have got lost in all the mayhem, you know? And people just read the whole script and they're just like, Jesus, dude. Like, this is, this is pretty gnarly. And it seems like violence for its own sake. But if I have to explain, it's like, 
it's like no no don't you see like i'm like i'm making it super violent because i i am not i'm actually i'm anti-violence and by by having really violent characters in my show i'm trying to emphasize the cyclic nature of violence where if you exhibit brutality you will receive brutality in turn and it will just go back and forth and there will just be endless bloodshed and it will never stop so that's that's kind of the satirical undermining that i'm trying to do there but i i don't think that really translated very well and people just thought that i'm i think a bunch of people who read my script and got back to me just basically thought that i was a bloodthirsty maniac and i guess that's true to a degree i wanted to write something bloody and horrifying and shocking and violent but um i really cared about the central character that was another thing that threw me off like a a bunch of at least one person found the main character really unlikable and i thought that was a real problem i was like oh shit if well if that's if that's not working, if people aren't connecting to the main character, then there's definitely a problem. you got to go back to square one, right? And it just made me feel like crap, you know, because it's like, like I've been writing for like over 10 years now. And so if I, if I write, like if I write something and I put it out there, people are like, oh, John Graham wrote this. He's been doing this for a while. And then they read it and they just find it morally repugnant. Or they just don't like it, you know. It's like, what are you doing, John? You've been doing this for 10 years? It's like, what excuse do I have? It's like, oh, shit, I don't know. I thought it was cool. I guess not. Sorry. You know, no matter how long you do it for, you're going to write stuff that's shit, right? Or at least stuff that peop other people are going to think is shit. But uh, you can't let that stop you, you know. Just, like, d do it, do it better, you know. Um, never stop, never stopping. You know, I think that's what I'm trying to say. But anyway, it's it's still a project I'm really excited about, and I, I hope that I write a draft or a form of execute the 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 idea in a form that people like for for all the same reasons that I'm excited about it. You know. I want to make I want to make a show or a video game or a novel that's like exciting and action packed and violent and lots of cool sound design and uh, characters you care about and something that's binge worthy and hyper serialized with cliffhangers and um, something that's funny but not at the expense of the tension of the show and it's a really fine line to ride. You know, when you're doing that sort of thing, like a lot, and and I've I've gotten that as a note numerous times. It's like, what what are you doing with Polyfrost exactly? Why why are they all animals? Like I can picture this just as humans, and I feel like it would just, I would take it in the same way. So why even make them as animals in the first place? The answer being that I wanted to go for like a Zootopia thing. Because believe it or not, I came up with the idea before I fucking saw Zootopia. And then Zootopia came out in theaters. I was like, fuck. This is exactly what I wanted to do, pretty much. Not exactly, but uh, I the, the premise of Zootopia is that uh, you have this anim... Like, 
in the animal kingdom, everyone of everyone is of such varying sizes and stature, right? The the distribution of size and like mass and muscle is much less varied across the human species than it is the animal kingdom, right? And so you have a lot of different animals of different sizes and different builds. And then you have somebody who's a rabbit who's very small who wants to be in law enforcement, right? And criminals can include anything from like sharks to bears or whatever. Things that are much bigger than rabbits, right? So that's kind I was going for that kind of thing with polyfrost where you have a penguin who's just a very small bird and thought of as fairly ineffectual who wants to be a counter-terrorist agent. And I wanted to make a show that's exciting, like 24, that's about counter-terrorism, but have it, them all, all the, the cast is all animals. And then I thought, I thought that the hyper-violence of the show and the fact they're all animals would go hand in hand because the the brutality of of modern warfare and counterterrorism can sort of in the show at least can mirror the brutality and like the the violence that is evident in the actual animal kingdom when you observe animals in their wild habitats right so that's that's what I was going for there. And um I think a bunch of people just didn't really get what I was going for and it just bummed me out and now I'm kind of rethinking the whole thing. But um there's still a story in there and I I'm excited about that I want to execute properly and uh I hope I I hope I get somewhere with that one day. Uh But hey, I, I'm glad that you guys liked what I what little I read out of the of the thing. I mean, I'm I'm just I'm hesitant to read the rest of it just because I'm part of me is just fucking ashamed now to be honest because I just think it sucks. But if you guys really want to hear the rest of it, maybe I'll read out a bit more of at least a bit more of it. I don't know, it's up to you guys. Anyway, that's something I always got in the back burner that I'm thinking about, so I'll work on it in the future. Gay penguin fan fiction. Yes, yes. Gay gay club penguin fan fiction, of course. I forgot. Um let's let's go over some super chats. Jesus. Can't ever catch up. Um Kirkland signature. Can I be canon for the record so I can be on the wiki? I don't even I don't even manage the wiki. It's not me you got to talk to. Thanks Kirkland as always. Dalen Wynn says been a fan since 07 John your content always cheers me up. Would you rather write for drama like Breaking Bad or a comedy like South Park? See I, I don't, that's the thing like I am so torn between the two. I like doing both too much. And so I often try to mix the two. And I've always had that problem. People have been complaining about that, about me doing that sort of thing since as long as I can remember. Well, especially since, definitely since season three, people have, were complaining like, this is too dramatic. Just like stay funny. What are you doing? 
And then, but the drama would be well executed sometimes, at least well enough for people to go, wait, I like this. This is cool. Like, ease up on the humor stuff. Like, we want more of this stuff. But then that, that was, that was a point where the audience was polarized, right? Where we're just like, we want this thing. No, we want the show to be like this. And I felt like I did both things well enough at times that, you know, people unanimous, unanimously didn't want it just one or the other thing. Like, there, people, the whole fan base appreciated both parts of it, you know? Because that's what, to me, that's what life is, you know? Being happy and sad all the time. Both. And I, I wanted to, maybe that's just bad storytelling on my part, but I wanted my show and the stuff I create in general to reflect that. That life isn't all just laughter and smiles, but it's not all doom and gloom either. It's a mixture. And so I like making a show that can make you laugh at one second and then make you feel dread the next second. I like that about my stuff. But some people find that polarizing. And I'm just like, I, I don't know, man. I'm doing what I like to do. Art's supposed to imitate life, right? I don't know. Maybe I'm way off. Um, but I, I'm a big fan of both shows, Breaking Bad and South Park. Um, thank you, Dalen. Trent's prolapsed starfish <laughs> says, take LSD and watch MLP clop on cam. My Little Pony. Um, I'll think about that. Jojo97 says, John, I'm going to Wendy's right now. You want anything, baby girl? <laughs> Get me... Uh, what's, uh, what's Wendy's answer to the McFlurry that they have there? They're ice cream things. What do you call those? I don't know. I haven't been in Wendy. I haven't been to Wendy's in forever. Tobias Edverson says, in regards to polyfrost, keep workload equivalent to your own capacity. I haven't been working on my own game project myself for a while due to having too many tasks. You'll simply lose track. Well, yeah, dude. Well, I felt like I was on track for a while, but then the uh, the AI was like a brick wall. And like I, f I, f I hit a point where I had to think harder about what my game was exactly, and I'm just like... Shit, man, I, I don't know. Like, because if I do it the way I want to do it, then I'm going to have to have sophisticated AI, more sophisticated than I know what, than I know how to execute. And then also, at least a very primitive AI for uh, AI teammates that the player has. So, like, either kind of a squad based system or. Um, much more primitive AI teammates than that, where it's basically like, I'm not saying Call of Duty AI is primitive, or at least the friendly AI, I mean, but you know how in Call of Duty, your AI teammates will basically, for the most part, like they'll offer suppressing fire and stuff, but for the most part, they're, they're mainly there as objective markers, even though Call of Duty also has literal 
HUD objective markers, the AI teammates basically perform that function because they will run ahead and they will position themselves outside the door that leads to the next area that you as a player have to go to to move the game forward, right? So I was thinking of just having that, but even that, like I feel like I could execute that, but it's just so fucking time-consuming because you've got to program all those paths individually, right? For every level. It's like for every stage, it's like the player moves here. That means the AI teammates hit a new checkpoint. So they've, you've got to move, you've got to switch the AI sprites to the running animation and then move them X amount of, X amount of pixels along the X axis, then X amount of pixels along the Y axis, then X amount of pixels along the X axis again, have them position outside this door, have them wait there and turn their sprite to the idle animation. And you have to do that for multiple AI teammates and then do that over and over again for every single fucking point that they move, every single different door that they move to. I, just, I got other shit to do, you know? Like, that's like that's way too much time to pour into. Just, you know, it's it's way more of a time sink than, like, than writing or, you know, editing where... I don't know. It takes forever programming, you know? I fucking hate game dev. It sucked. But I might get back into it. I don't know. Anyway, that's where I am with Polycross. It's just a mess right now. and I'm just working on RB and the Chief and my podcast right now. And uh, doing pretty well with those. Episode 13 script is really outlined in detail. And I've just got to finalize the script. So I'm working on that. And then I finished a bunch of graphics for my podcast and I'm building my studio and hopefully uh, once I've built and furnished and decorated my studio, that'll look really fucking cool. And I'll have multiple camera angles and I'll, I'll do a little, I'll do a new, some new shows, at least one new show where it's me in the studio from multiple angles talking about something for five, 10 minutes. I can put out like a little... I can put out a more regular, like, 10-minute little video series of me just talking about stuff like, I don't know, stuff that pisses me off. And then I can elaborate in even more further detail on those things on the podcast, like when I do this sort of thing. Um, uh, you guys want me to talk about some material for a bit? I don't. I don't know if I want to do the uh, the season seven commentary because that'll take a while. But uh, I would like to do some. Uh, just go over some podcast material. Uh, let's see what I have written down here. Um, let me just check the chats here. You can give the AI teammates different roles. Well, yeah, I know, but that's just... That makes it even more complicated, you know? Frosty. Oh, yeah, that's that was Wendy's thing. Anyway. Um, let me just see if there's something I want to talk about here. 
Oh, so my roommate, my roommate got a Nintendo Switch. So between us, we have a PS4 and a Nintendo Switch now. The only thing, the only thing we're missing is the Xbox One at this point, which uh, um, I'm in contact with somebody via email about getting a hold of his. So I'll email him after this podcast. But uh, I got a PS4 with a bunch of games, and my roommate got a Nintendo Switch, and he's getting all the games for that. So. I saw Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild being played for the first time. And fuck, man. Those are good fucking games. X... Or what was it? I'm not, not Xbox One. Uh, Mario. Mario Odyssey, so fucking cool. Like, the, the, the opening of both Zelda and Mario... They felt revolutionary in a way that uh, it felt like playing Ocarina of Time for the first time. Like when that first came out, how crazy that was. And it's amazing that they managed to do the same kind of thing with Breath of the Wild. Like despite how far we've come along in video gaming, the crazy amount of shit you can do in uh, Breath of the Wild. And uh, fuck, it was just this... It, kind of a small thing but to me it was huge in breath of the wild where you can basically you can scale any like approximately 90 degree surface like you can just start climbing up a mountain and there's no bullshit like like oh you got you have to find another way around or like invisible walls or whatever it's just like if you see a steep cliff you can just start climbing it and get to the top of whatever it is like that's a huge fucking thing. Like the the platform in both the platforming in both of those games is awesome. I was really blown away by that. And um Oh yeah, and my roommate was playing Octopath Traveler for that. You guys fans of that game? That looked that was really fucking cool. I think that was that looked awesome. Um Octopath Traveler, it's kind of this 2.5D, that's what you would call it, right? 2.5D, like a 3D, 2D sprite RPG kind of thing with a heavy emphasis on story and differing story branches that you can explore. Like, it's up to you, right? So I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, I beat I beat Doom on PS4. That's a that's a great game. Like I've been working a lot on like writing and editing and uh graphic design and it's nice to just be able to take a break and just play like an hour of Doom where you just kind of like the like the 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 100 inch screen that I pr- with the projector that we have in the in the basement and we have like a surround sound system. You can just kind of fucking like the 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 score in Doom is fucking nuts and the sound design and the fact it's so fast paced you crank that shit up and the sound is just the music is just just melts your face off it's uh it's a cool stress reliever or not it's 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 a good way to kind of forget about the workload that I have and just kind of get lost in that for a while and then it's like Wow, that just blew my face off. Time to get back to work. And then 
I can actually feel more fresh and productive, you know, because I had that assault on the senses that just made me forget about everything for a bit for a minute, you know, it's fucking crazy. I loved uh, I loved Doom. It was awesome. That was a great playthrough. Um, JRPG is gay, to be honest. Oh, yeah. You, f you, pl you play R J Japanese RPGs, you fucking weeb. Um, so yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, what else? Okay. The... The James Gunn thing. You guys know about this, right? So, James Gunn, writer-director of Galaxy of... Galaxy of the Guardians. G Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. He was just fired by Disney from the third movie the third Guardians of the Galaxy movie, because uh, of a series of tweets he had made in the past. This was years ago. And um, um, when I first heard th about it, I thought, I think I thought the same thing as most people first thought, which was, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think most people, when they read that, they thought, Big fucking deal. You know, ev everybody's tweeted a bunch of bullshit years ago that they regret, you know. And should that really come back to bite you because you made a few edgy jokes back when you were trying to, like, be shocking and relevant and whatever, right? And so that's what I thought. I was Like, I first saw that and I was like, fuck, this is just more outrage bullshit. And... The tweets probably aren't even that bad, and they're just overreacting, and this is stupid. And so I actually I read the tweets. Well, I read a bunch of tweets. I read I, I I what I saw a rather unflattering, let's say, screenshot of a bunch of James Gunn's tweets pasted all in one place, which, you know. It's not the fairest way to look at this side of the the thing, right? Is to just see a screenshot full of his worst tweets that he's ever made. But um I will say about I will say this about his tweets. They were weird. Do you guys agree with me? They're pretty fucking weird. And I don't know if you guys have actually read the tweets, but uh there is a weird theme going on with those tweets involving young boys and blowjobs, which is a little bit weird and creepy. Now, I'm not saying that he's a pedophile. I'm not saying that he wants to give young boys blowjobs. But I'm just saying some of that shit he was tweeting was pretty weird, and he kept tweeting the same kind of jokes I mean I I tweeted a bunch of stupid shit as well 
And I, when I heard about the whole thing, I was honestly tempted to go back and delete a bunch of my tweets. And then I, I stopped and I was like, oh, wait, everything I've ever tweeted is bullshit. <laughs> so it's like, why why delete any any particular one of my tweets or groups of my tweets when absolutely like 99% of the everything I've ever tweeted is absolute horseshit. I mean, it's literally horseshit or updates about my content. That's all I ever tweeted, right? So it's like, what What am I going to delete like a few hundred out of the 7,000 complete bullshit tweets I've ever tweeted? So I was just like, fuck it, whatever. I don't think... Like I've I've made I've made pretty shocking heinous tweets in the past where I was just joking where I would joke about like infants getting harmed or eaten or whatever. I don't think I ever made any jokes about children getting I might have made a few jokes about children getting molested. But I think in the in every one of those cases the subject matter the subject matter and the target of the joke were always distinct enough that you could tell that I was joking. And I don't think I ever made a series of tweets where I was constantly joking about the same thing. You know, it's like if I did a joke about child molestation, I would try to break that up with a joke about something maybe just as heinous, but about something different, you know, like maybe it's about rape rather than, like I'll do a ch I'll do a child abuse joke and then I'll do like a, an adult rape joke and then I'll like still heinous but I'll mix it up with like different subject matter you know just so it's not like so I know someone doesn't read it and they'll be like oh these these jokes are all about young boys and blowjobs this is kind of weird like I would think twice about doing something like that so I thought that was weird. And apparently he was making these tweets while he was still employed under Disney. Like, what the fuck? If I was working for Disney, I'd be pretty fucking paranoid from that point on about everything that I was putting out on my Twitter account. But, uh... But anyway, I thought those jokes... I thought those tweets that James made were weird. Do I think he should have been fired? No, I don't think so. But it's just like, James, what were you doing, man? Like, I don't think he should be fired. I think he should still do Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I mean, I don't know the guy, but I know everybody on his film set that he's worked with. Like, they're all vouching for him right now. And those are the people, I think, who would know him the best. Like, if you work with the guy every fucking day on, on, a, fil on a film set, you're pretty much a family at that point. So, if they... If they're all vouching for him, then I figure he's probably pretty harmless. And the tweets were weird, but I think they were probably just a crude attempt at him by him to be shocking and whatever. I don't think he's done enough for him to lose his job at this point. And so I think he should get it back. I mean, I like the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I think he does a good job on them. So I hope he gets his thing back. And then... Oh yeah, and, and so so I, I, I think he should keep his job. But also, I thought the tweets were weird were weird enough that I felt warranted in making a joke on Twitter about James Gunn. So, 
I made a t- I made a joke on Twitter about him getting fired. It got like almost four thousand likes or something. Just some ridiculous number that I wasn't expecting. And um I got I got accused of joke theft. I made a joke on Twitter. I, I made a Chekhov's gun joke. I said at least Disney and Marvel understand dramatic storytelling devices. If you introduce a gun in the first act, you've got to fire it by the third. So it was obviously a joke about Chekhov's gun and the fact that James Gunn was fired uh, off of the third Guardians of the Galaxy movie. And I got accused of joke theft. Some guy was tweeting, like, nice joke theft you have there. And then they retweeted somebody who had made the same joke on the same day but five hours earlier. But it barely had any uh, likes or retweets. So I didn't steal the joke. It was an honest case of it was an honest case of two people coming up with the same joke at roughly the same time. Uh, the only difference was that I had enough of a following relative to him that uh, mine was the one that got liked and retweeted a bunch of times. And then um, and then I had the person who sent who created the, f- the first iteration of the joke. He tweeted me saying, uh, not saying you stole it, but uh, I just wanted to show you my wording of it. And I was like, cool, whatever. Like, God, I hate... God forbid you make the same joke as someone else on Twitter. You immediately get fucking screenshotted. Like, there's all these internet Sherlock Holmes out there who are just like, well, wait a minute, this other person tweeted the same thing. It's like, what have you got to say for yourself, John? I don't know. Maybe minds have the possibility of thinking alike sometimes, you know? That two people out there on the Twitter sphere are going to come up with the same fucking thing. Fuck, people want to get outraged over everything now. Twitter theft. You stole my Twitter joke. I'll just not make any jokes ever again. Just to avoid the chance that somebody out there is going to make the same joke first. You joke thief. You disgusting joke thief. What are you doing? Anyway, what what do you guys think of the James Gunn thing? Do you think I'm wrong? Do you think... uh, Did you guys think the tweets were pretty harmless? You guys thought it was weird, right? I thought it was weird. I mean, I have a bunch of friends who are just like, come on, it was just some jokes. He was just joking around, like, big deal. Like, he shouldn't lose his job. I agree, he shouldn't lose his job. But it's like, come on, those tweets were... Did you read the tweets? They're a little weird. But anyway... I think he should keep his job. He's good at what he does. He's a good filmmaker. Burn him at the stake. I agree. I wouldn't care, honestly, but that is quite concerning. Look at the tweets, man. It's, it's weird. There's a, there's a young boy and blowjobs thing going on in there. That I'm just like, that's that's a that's a weird thing to get fixated on when you're making a bunch of jokes. But whatever. Um 
what else have we got to talk about? What's that, what else has been going on? Um. Oh yeah, I wanted to talk about the Cannes film, the Cannes Film Festival. I don't know if this is still the case, but last I heard, at the Cannes Film Festival, Netflix streaming films are no longer eligible for awards. Does anybody else think this is bullshit? Does anybody else think film festival culture is a complete fucking joke at this point? Isn't that... That to me, that's the most pretentious fucking shit ever. I mean that that indicates uh, in festival culture, it indicates an obsession with the medium over the art. Like to uh, to romanticize cinema being made exclusively on film, as if. As if you can't have a proper story in a piece of work that has been made for Netflix streaming. Or not necessarily Netflix, but just streaming. Like, I know, I'm, I'm aware that a lot of stuff on Netflix is dog shit. But you can't prevent stuff made for streaming... Uh, from winning any awards, that just seems absurd to me because you are you're penalizing potentially good filmmakers just because they are using the next evolution of the medium. Like the me the medium is the window, and it is not the art. The art is the story, right? The art is the story. It's it's the thing that you're trying to capture on the other side of the window, right? And the window always changes. But the art, the story, I mean, the stories change, obviously, but the art of capturing the story essentially stays the same. That That is essentially timeless, right? But the window changes, right? And so what's the window? Well, it could be the, the cinematograph that the Lumiere brothers in the, what, the, made in the 1910s, 1920s. It was the first camera ever made, right? People were using that to capture film, right? And so that was the medium. But then Thomas Edison, he was making his own camera. And then uh, there was the pictograph that came after that. I can't remember. My film history is a little off. But um, the cameras kept evolving, and the window evolves, right? And with, with each evolution... The picture is a little clearer. It's a little crisper. Uh, at first, it was silent film, but then you could then you had audio, right? And then that was the birth of the talkies, right? That was the talkie era of film, right? And then after that, well, you had for a while you had f films in black and white with audio, which were the talkies, but then uh, you had color video after that, right? And then so you had color video and audio. And then from there, the camera quality would get better. Uh, it would still be shot on film for a long time, but the, the resolution would improve, right? And the quality overall would improve. The sound equipment would improve. The sound resolution would improve. 
and the window, the medium is always changing. But the art, the essential act of cap capturing humanity on screen, that's never changed. That always stays the same, right? And so now cut to today, right? Where we're making this big transition from film to streaming and not necessarily just streaming because streaming is distribution but in terms of production as well right because you used to shoot on film but now a lot of people don't shoot on film they shoot on dslrs they shoot on memory cards they shoot on solid state like flash storage devices where it's i will say this about i will say this about shooting digital is that it leaves much more room for fucking around and encourages uh, a lack of discipline, right? If you're working with a medium as disposable as digital film, it's like you can shoot something over and over, and you can make infinite amount of copies of a digital like shot, and you can manipulate that, or you can just delete it and format your card and start from scratch whenever. Film isn't like that. If you had a roll of film, it was a very finite uh, resource, right? And you shoot on it, and when you start shooting on it, you better be ready and not fuck up. Because if you do, you've just wasted film, and film is expensive, right? So it forces film sets and crews to be much more on the ball, right? Forces them to be much more efficient and careful. It's like, okay, we better make this count. We're shooting now. Like, this is film. But you don't really get that pressure with digital mediums, right? If you're shooting on an SD card... If you shoot a take, well, who gives a fuck? If you didn't like it, you can just delete the take and then record rec record again on a fresh memory card. But that's not that doesn't devalue the stories that you're trying to tell, right? It's just like the medium has changed, as it always does. You know, we're not still shooting on the fucking cinematograph. We have better cameras now that can shoot in color with audio and make a more immersive experience, right? So this idea of f romanticizing film, like that's f film, sh cinema shot on film is the only cinema that's serious enough, that can be taken seriously enough to um, give it any awards, right? Even though it shouldn't matter, the, the medium should have nothing to do with it, right? If it, gets if it gets an award, it should be for the story that's captured for the skill implemented in bringing the story to life, whatever it is. The medium doesn't matter. So this shit pisses me off. I fucking hate film festivals. I think the Cannes Film Festival is fucking stupid. I think it's stupid that so many of my friends, so many film school students, so many film buffs look up to film festival culture in such a strong way where it's like, well, if they they think they don't they won't get into a film festival, they think they failed as a filmmaker, and it's just not true. Film festivals are fucking stupid, and film festival audiences are a bunch of pretentious cunts. They're all retarded, and they all clap for the wrong reasons. Clap when they shouldn't, and they're all up their own asses. And people think I'm stupid for just like sticking online, you know? It's like because you you pick one or the other, you know. If, if you submit a film to a film festival, you can't submit it online and vice versa, right? Because it's against their guidelines. Even though when I release something online, 
I at least know that the audience that wants to see the thing I've put out will get to see it, you know? Because you, you can't control your, your... If you put something out in a film festival, you're not reaching out to your own audience, right? It's a film festival audience. It not, it's not necessarily the people you want to reach out to. But if, if you put your stuff online, the people who want to see your stuff can find it, right? And I just think that's the way of the future. That's what everything's fucking working towards. Even if the mainstream media isn't quite there yet. Or if the film festival culture isn't quite there yet. I don't give a fuck. They're out of touch. They're part of the dying game now. They're on the way out. Streaming and digital, that's just the way the fucking shit is moving now. Right? So you can't, we can't fetishize film forever. I mean, the fact is, you're there's, you're gonna reach a point where all the all the goods artists and storytellers have moved on to the digital medium, and none of the pros are dealing with film anymore. And so, what are you gonna still have your film own uh, awards for f uh, cinema made on film only rule? Is that still gonna be affected at that point? It's like, no, you're gonna adjust, aren't you? Because all the proper filmmakers have moved onto streaming, and it's already happening. Guys like David Fincher and shit. Doing shit on Netflix and streaming now. And he's using the whole Adobe suite. Just because he do does shit that makes sense. Because it's efficient. You know? And he can tell a better story that way. Anyway. That's my thought on film festival culture. I think it's all fucking stupid. And I think people value film festival culture way too much. They put way too much importance on it when I think it's just a bunch of pretentious assholes, essentially. But yeah, that that was my epic rant on film festival culture. What else have I got here? Do, 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 do. Just looking at my notes here. Don't mind me. Let's catch up on some super chats. I think I missed some. Um, Trent's prolapsed starfish says, John, you hear about Total Biscuit? He, uh, that was the YouTuber that died, right? I, I did read about that. I think it's a shame. I for, I forget what it was that killed him, though. Do you guys know? But yeah, that was a shame. I can't say I'm familiar. I don't think... Maybe I would recognize him once I watched his stuff, but... Uh, it, I don't remember. Channel Awesome. I heard they have openings. Yeah, I'm not really looking for... I just want to work on my own channel. I want to grow my own enterprise. It's going pretty well so far, I think. Ginger Dude 18 says, "It's a wonderful live episode 2 music 44 seconds in." All right, all right. I know you asked this before, so we'll get this over with. Wonderful live episode 2.
Okay, I'm looking at it now. Just give me a second. Uh, 40, 44 seconds in. Oh, that's, uh, okay, that music you're talking about is an or orchest the orchestral theme for a movie called Dragonheart. Um, do you, have you guys ever heard of that movie? Um, let me just look it up here. Dragonheart is a movie, it was made in 1996, starring Meg Ryan and Dennis Quaid and Sean Connery. I, th I can't, I think the plot is like, it's got something to do with a dragon and this warrior guy, and they share the same heart, so if the dragon feels pain the guy feels pain and vice versa if one dies the other dies but anyway the music is from that movie but then that same music was always was also used from that point onward for a bunch of movie trailers for other movies uh i think it was used in free willy i don't know if it was in the movie free willy but i think it was used in the trailer for free willy but anyway, that's that's what that music is, Dragonheart. So there you go. But yeah, Dragonheart's uh, Dragonheart's a sweet movie. I haven't seen it in fucking forever, but uh, I remember liking it. Uh, what else do I want to? Oh yeah, super chats. I'm not done yet. Let's uh, super chat. Tobias Edverson says you should stream Bloodborne, John. It's literally Dark Souls on steroids. Yeah, I I played a little bit of uh, I played a little bit of Bloodborne. It's awesome. Um, that's that's one I would definitely stream. I don't know for how long though, because the fact of the matter is, I suck at those games, especially when I'm streaming. So I don't know whether that's something people want to watch on stream. I think people would rather watch me play something that I'm competent at playing that I'm not repeating part same the same parts of the game over and over because I suck so much dick at it I'd rather not do that but if you guys don't mind that then I don't mind streaming Bloodborne at least for a little while one of these days but there's other games I want to stream before that though namely uh, Majora's Mask Until Dawn and Resident Evil 7 those, those are the the three big games that I want to stream next. I don't know what I'm going to do next, but I know it's one of those three. Anyway. 12 Gauge Slaughter Gun says, Johnny boy, you're going to run to be new Papa John? Well, like run my own pizza joint? Yeah, maybe. If my YouTube career doesn't work out. I'm a YouTuber, actually. God, I fucking hate that. I hate describing to people what I do for a living. Because nobody takes YouTubing seriously. No one thinks it's a real job. No one thinks this takes work. Nobody has a fucking clue how much work this shit is. But whatever, it's just a big fat joke. But I'm, that's what I'm trying to do. 
I'm a YouTube. I'm a YouTuber who makes cinematic content and podcasts. That's what I do. I don't mind a good suck. I love watching people suck at video games. Oh, great. Um, Captain Desi says, "Who needs film school when I can pay twenty dollars a month?" And watch your behind the scenes on Patreon. It's true. There are. I have some production tutorials on Patreon, and uh, I've made a few behind the scenes streams already that are available for everyone. Actually, not just Patreon. So uh, p people on Patreon. So if you want to check those out, you can. Um. Uh, thanks a lot, Captain Desi. Really appreciate it, buddy. Trent's prolapsed starfish says, got to go to work, John. Blows you kisses. Keep streaming. Thanks, man. Have a good day at work, Trent. I hope you have a good time. Mag Charger XD says, what Zelda does Arbiter love? Hmm. I think he would be a Majora's Mask kind of guy. But uh, thank you, Mag. Thank you, Trent. Cap thank you, Captain. Thank you, all you guys, for your super chats. It's been a huge help. Um, okay. Thank you, John. Now that I know what the music is, I'm tearing up. Oh, I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're. Uh, you're happy about that. Lone Star says, get shit-faced and do a commentary of Battlefield Earth. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I would like to do a few film commentaries. I've been meaning to do a few for a long time. I've just been so busy with other shit. Uh, uh, I wanted to do films, not just dog shit films, but actual movies. Like, I wanted to do a commentary on... David Fincher's Seven. Do you guys know that movie? It's a fucking awesome movie. It's like, it's like the best theological thriller movie ever made. And there's so much that's good about that movie. And I feel like I could, I, I'd have a lot to say about that. So uh, that's that's one idea. Battlefield Earth is a good one though, like for a silly one to do. Battlefield Earth's pretty funny like ridiculous overacting and a weird enthusiasm from John Travolta. Like he really puts himself into it. Cause like, I mean, he probably still is, but at, at the time anyway, he was huge into, s that was at, at his peak of, you know, his whole science Scientology thing, you know? Anyway, Uh, seven is great. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's good. I'm glad you guys know what I'm talking about. Basically, any Fincher movie would be cool. Yeah. Hey, John, I really admire you. Thanks, man. The guy who was Australian. I remember you. I appreciate all your help. I admire you too, buddy. Thank you. John, how's it, how does it feel like to be the most beautiful man in Canada? 
Uh, well, Trudeau is the most beautiful man in Canada. He's so hot. I'm just, I'm not nearly as hot as he is. I don't think I ever will be. How can I do it, bros? How can I be as hot as Trudeau? Do you think Trudeau would ever be my waifu? Too bad seven has a little boy diddler in it. No, no. You need to separate. You need to divorce the man from the art. I refuse to let Kevin Spacey ruin that movie with uh, with his stupid actions that he did. Fact is that movie's that movie's too fucking good to let it be ruined by the the actions of the actors off screen. The fact is, it's a good fucking movie. It's like the the pianist made by Roman Polanski. He's not a good guy off camera. He's done some pretty crazy shit. Does that mean the pianist isn't a good movie? It's a terrific movie. Anyway. Just go to the gym and become a Chad. Oh, yeah. John, your cuck level isn't as high as Trudeau. Oh, really? I'm not the most outrageous cuck in Canada? This is news to me. Are you sure you're my audience? Not calling me the biggest cuck ever? Or is it really you guys? What did you do with my real audience? Trudeau is a literal cuck. He's definitely, he's trying way too hard to be, uh, he's trying way too hard to be progressive and politically correct and uh, multicultural. He just comes off as such a pussy. And just pandering, you know? And just all around full of shit. What a shame. You're in an alternate universe, John. Oh, yeah. An alternate universe where I'm not a ridiculous sh uh, cuck lord. Uh, what else do I want to talk about? Oh, do you guys want to hear my uh, my my video game streaming option list? So I I wrote down a list of all the games, of a bunch of games that I have, I own physical copies of, I can get the console for them running, and I can I can stream it online, and like it it might be mildly entertaining to stream. So I can read out that list to you guys. And I'd like your opinion on my list. So I'd like you to hear this list of games. And if you think there's a particular one in there where you're like, oh, that would be awesome. Um, point it out. Let me know in the chat. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read out my list of games that I can potentially stream. 
games that I would like to stream. And uh, if you guys are into it, may maybe I'll set it up. Okay, here we go. Eternal Darkness, Sanity's Requiem, Luigi's Mansion, Sonic Mega Collection, Resident Evil 4, Resident Evil 1, Resident Evil Remake, Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 0, Silent Hill Shattered Memories, Silent Hill 1, Silent Hill 2, Silent Hill 3, Power Stone, Power Stone 2, Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure 2, uh, Shun Mui, Shun Mui, how do you say that? For Dreamcast. Shun Mui, Shen Mu. I'm just going to call it Shen Mu. Minority Report for PlayStation 2. Um, House of the Dead 2. Super Mario World. Super Metroid. Castlevania 64. Castlevania Legacy of Darkness. Shadows of the Empire. Nightmare Creatures. Conquers Bad Fur Day, Turok 2 Seeds of Evil, Perfect Dark, Pilot Wings, GoldenEye, Star Fox, uh, 64, uh, Majora's Mask, Ocarina of Time, we did that, Duke Nukem, Mega Man 64, South Park 64, <laughs> Battle Tanks Global Assault, Donkey Kong 64, Super Mario 64, Chopper Attack 64, Earthworm Jim, Eye of the Beholder for Sega CD, uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein from Sega CD. <laughs> Nobody probably knows what the fuck that is, but that was one of my... That's a game that I grew up with, so uh, that might be cool. Um, Jurassic Park for Sega CD. <laughs> uh, Pug Pugsy for Sega CD. Sonic and Knuckles. Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Sonic 3D Blast. Power Rangers the Movie for Sega Genesis. Comic Zone for Sega Genesis. Toy Story for Genesis, uh, Vector Man, Sonic, Sonic 2, I'm almost done, sorry guys, I know this is long, Urban Strike, Beavis and Butthead, Indiana Jones for Sega Genesis, <laughs> Greatest Heavyweights, uh, GTA San Andreas, Metal Gear Solid 1 to 5, Tony Hawk's Underground for PlayStation 2. SOCOM U.S. Navy SEALs. Splinter Cell. Uh, Stick of Truth. Dark Souls 1 to 3. Dead Space 1 and 2. Last of Us. Little Big Planet. Uncharted 1 to 3. Final Fantasy. Until Dawn. Bloodborne. Battlefield 1. Mass Effect Andromeda. That might be a funny one. Um... You know, the, the not updated one. 
Like if you play it without the patch, apparently it's really funny. God of War, Fractured Butthole, Grand Theft Auto, Vice City, uh, Gears of War, Resident Evil 6, Saints Row 1 to 4, Sonic Generations, Spider-Man uh, for Dreamcast and uh, GameCube as well. Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, Arkham Knight, Mass Effect, Max Payne 1 to 3, Condemned Criminal Origins, Dead Rising 1 to 3, Crackdown 1 to 2, God of War 1 to 3, Super Mario Sunshine, Metro, Modern Warfare 2, Enter the Matrix, Red Dead Redemption, Fable, Amped, that snowboarding game, uh, 1080 Snowboarding, Skyward Sword, Prince of Persia, Far Cry, Spider-Man 2, Time Splitters 2, Time Splitters Future Perfect, Chaos Theory, Splinter Cell Conviction, Fear 1 and 2, Midtown Madness, Devil May Cry 3 and 4, uh, Link to the Past, Mario Paint, and uh, that's it. That's my list. So I know that was a lot, but the idea there was, was to just read out my whole list, and then I'm going to go through the chat and see what people pointed out for the most part, what it seems like they were most excited about. So a lot of people want Sonic Adventure for some reason. Maybe. Uh, Luigi's Mansion seemed pretty popular. Shenmue. Uh, Super Metroid. All of them. Perfect Dark. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty down the middle. Everybody was enthusiastic, so about pretty much all the things I said. Tony Hawk's Underground, yeah, a lot of people like that. Tony Tony Hawk's Underground is fucking awesome. I I sh I'll de I'll definitely do that one of these days. So yeah. So um I guess what's on my list is Until Dawn, Resident Evil 7. Um what was the other one? Until Dawn, Resident Evil 7. And then Fuck. Maybe The Witcher. Oh, yeah. Until Dawn, Resident Evil 7, Majora's Mask, The Witcher 3, and uh, Luigi's Mansion, and Min Minority Report, and Tony Hawk's Underground, and maybe some Sega CD games. Those are on my list right now. Those are my big ones. So... Anything but Resident Evil. Uh, what's wrong with Resident Evil? Isn't Resident Evil 7 a good idea for streaming? I thought that was a good one. I love that game. I, mean, I beat it already. But I thought it would be a good one to stream. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Whatever. No Witcher. Witcher sucks. Oh. I'm going to Betty Buys, John. Love you. Oh, uh, Good night, Kenny. Have a good night, dude.
You'll eventually, you'll eventually have to play the Halo series in a stream. Yeah, you're right. I sh I should do Halo Combat Evolved. That's a good idea. Tony Hawk, yeah. A lot of people love uh, Tony Hawk's Underground. It is fucking awesome. Uh, let let me go through my. Uh, let's keep going through my list here. See if I have anything else to talk about. Um. <laughs> Quick notes, podcast material. Um, did you guys hear about Dan Harmon fucking a little baby doll or something on a video that went viral and everyone's giving him a bunch of shit for it? I thought that was weird. Isn't that whole thing weird with Rick and Morty? How they're suddenly greenlit for 70 episodes? Why would they do that? Like, for a show that it's it seemed like they had such difficulty writing season 3 and getting it out. And then all of a sudden they're going to slate themselves in for 70 episodes? I thought that was weird. Yeah, if uh if you go on Google and you type in Dan Harmon baby doll rape video. Oh, uh, apparently it was apparently it was a video he made in 2009. And then it got resurfaced 10 years later because people were looking for dirt on him. And now he's apologizing for it. I didn't think it was a big deal. I just thought it was funny. I'm just like, what? What is this? I was wondering if you guys had heard anything about it. I hate all that outrage bullshit. I mean, it's just a doll. Who fucking gives a shit? Um, but anyway, they greenlit 70 episodes. It's because money. Well, I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, that must be it. It just seems like a very ballsy, hasty decision to lock yourself into 70 episodes. And then, you know, you're just left sitting there after that where it's like, okay, anybody got 70 episodes worth of ideas? And you've got to fill that 70-episode quota, you know, if you make that contract. That's a tall order. I just, I think that's, may not have been the wisest decision. But, you know, maybe they got their shit sorted out. I don't know. I like Rick and Morty. I, I hope they do a good job with it. The creator of Rick and Morty thinks half of America are Nazis. Oh, what do you mean? He's one of those social justice warrior types who thinks anybody who wears a Make America Great Again hat is a Nazi? Which one are you talking about? Royland or uh, Harmon? Hey, 
MDE had world peace for another 100 episodes from Adult Swim before they canceled it. It's how AS works. Oh, so you think you think it's Adult Swim that could have pitched that idea? But then they can just revoke that that episode order anytime they want? That seems really weird. Yeah, I don't know. Season 3 felt rushed at times. I think it's because they fired a bunch of new writers. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, they had a whole they had a whole new writing staff, and a lot of them were women. And I don't think before then, I don't think there were any women writers on the show. And I don't object to the idea of having women writers on a staff, obviously, but I think it is a fact that it will change the dynamic of the show somewhat. Unless you have women who are really on the same page and have like a male way of thinking about things. But I think it is a different perspective. And I think having that dynamic in the writer's room is going to have some effect on the script in a way that it wouldn't have that effect if you had all guys in the writer's room. Whammon. Strong whammon. But I'm all for women writers. I don't care. As long as the episodes are funny and the characters are consistent and whatever, you know? Who cares? Anyway, uh, let's catch up on some super chats. Missed a few here. Um, Mag Charger XD says, Will Chief review Breath of the Wild soon? Hmm. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That could be a funny idea. Uh, thanks, Meg. Admiral Icarus says, use a, polling, use a polling website and let us vote on what game. That's actually a pretty good idea. Maybe I can just do a... I'll do a poll tweet. I'll do a tweet that's a poll and people can pick what game I want to stream next. Pick... Pick what game that I should stream next is what I should say. Um, <clears throat> thanks, Admiral. Brandon Urbano says, do Resident Evil 7 and slap the VR toaster on your head. Oh, yeah. I would, I would love to do Resident Evil 7 VR. Uh, I don't mean for streaming in particular. I just want to play that game in VR because it seems like it would be fucking awesome. I think that that's a VR set for the PlayStation's a bit expensive though. I got other things to get before I get that. I want to get the rest of my studio equipment first. But uh, in the future, maybe I'll get a. That would be nice to get a VR thing for the PlayStation. Unless by that time a whole new VR thing comes out. I don't know. Um. Mag Charger says, play Splatoon whenever you can. Uh, my roommate doesn't have that one yet. But uh, yeah, that one looks cool. It looks fun. I, w I would like to play that. Thank you, Mag. I appreciate it, buddy. Jams Bonk. Uh, four he sent 14.88. That's, that's not a loaded super chat at all. Um... I hope this really helps you secure the feature of the financial race. <laughs> Thanks, Jams. 
Thank you, Jams Bonk. What a good guy Jams Bonk is. Thank you to all you guys. Um, I got to go to the bathroom again. It's time for the bathroom. So I am going to do that. We are going to go to be right back mode. And uh, enjoy the enjoy the music for a few minutes. I we're gonna take a quick break here. <laughs> Never gets old. We're back. All right. So, how you guys feeling? You guys want some more rants? Maybe there's some more things I can rant about. Or would you like to actually do something different now? I can work on Ethel Studio. Um, if we, if you guys want to start a season seven commentary, we can do that. But I'm not gonna go through the whole thing. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? If we do FL Studio, then I can make that one Chaos Theosis track from season six and seven that everyone's been asking me to remake. So that's an option. Play Resident Evil 7. No, no games tonight. That takes a while to set up. That'll be for another night. Tactical nuke incoming. Oh, hang on. We haven't had we haven't had spicy memes for a while. Um That sucked. Wasn't that great? That's what all your yes, that's what all your super chat money is going to. Spicy memes and fancy bullshit graphics. <clears throat> I mean, tech, tech, technically, I mean it's all just hours of Photoshop and Premiere work, but uh, but I did I did buy. Uh, like a pack for uh, that had those uh, like if you just go on Google you can get like an 80s retro scrolling loopable background pack that I just got one of those it was a hundred bucks and uh, normally I wouldn't buy that sort of thing but I'm getting a bunch of super super chat money so why not I figured I'd uh, up the graphical quality of the show and uh, it's a one-time fee. I can use that in as many videos as I want now. So uh, that's cool. Now I know to never donate. Oh, there you go. Um... Let's uh Hmm. Let's do the FL Studio thing. It seems like more people are leaning towards that.
You just need a dope green screen and background. Yeah. Apparently you can get these things. It's basically a collapsible green screen. It's basically just a rectangular, like a bar that you set down on the floor behind your chair, wherever you're streaming. And you open it up and you pull up a bar and it has like a green screen on it that folds out. And it's fastened onto this like extending x-shaped brace right so you pull you pull it out from the floor up to the top and it's basically a green screen that expands and flattens out and you just put it right behind you and so i could put it right behind me here the only thing is i'd have to adjust my camera so the camera is facing straight on behind me but yeah i could green screen in my room that would be cool but i got a green screen in my studio already but it's a it's a fabric that's held up with um with uh, alligator clamps onto like um, a crossbar held up by two stands. So um, I'm gonna use that. I just I need to f I need to equip and furnish and decorate my studio still with stuff. So um, if you want to uh, support me and uh, through Patreon or Super Chat or whatever, I can uh, I can spend more on the studio. So uh, that'll be cool. Thanks for thanks for uh, thanks for all your help so far. Uh, but let's let's do uh, let's do FL Studio. So I figured I'd do something beneficial today, something like a tutorial. So um, I'm gonna make a new video for it though. I want the podcast to be its own video. So um, so we'll. We'll stop the uh, we'll stop the stream here, but then we'll restart it for the uh, FL Studio thing, okay? And we'll see if we can finish uh, that Chaos Theosis track today. Um. So, let me just finish off the super chats here before I go. Lone Star says you should stream Sonic's ass game someday. Sonic's ass game. Is that that Sonic Dreams thing you're talking about, or is that a different thing? Anyway, thanks, Lone Star. I appreciate it. I'll look into that. Mag Charger says, "What what do you use for that one solo into hell with it?" Um, I don't know. Let's uh. Let's listen to that because I'm not really sure what you're talking about there. Um, so let's turn on my desktop audio. You guys can hear this, right? Okay, so let's go to SoundCloud. And let's go to, what was the track, To Hell With It? See, I lost a bunch of my, a bunch of my original project files for my tracks, so I might not be able to tell you what the instrument is, but uh, we'll see. Where the fuck is it? Um, there it is. <laughs> Sorry if I blew your ears off there. 
we'll turn it up a little bit. the instrument you're talking about what's playing right now the the lead talking about that sound right that's playing right now feel like it's probably a citrus one it's probably a citrus plug-in um, so FL studio has a number of built-in virtual synthetic uh, virtual instruments right and one of them is called citrus it's built into the software and within that citrus virtual instrument there are uh, a bunch of different instrument presets right so you have like a folder full of pads and you have one full of uh, arps and percussion and strings and long strings and short strings um, it sounds like a citrus one but I don't know which I don't know which it's hard to say sorry yeah, it was, that was a while ago. But uh, we'll go into FL Studio and we'll play around. Sorry, someone wa someone wants me to someone wants me to play a particular track. They want me to play "I Quit." Uh, so I'm gonna do that. That's actually from Polyfrost. It's from the Polyfrost album that I made, but it was used in "Arby and the Chief," just because it fit really well. I thought. Um, so let's go to I Quit. I'm just going to play this quickly. I think this is when I started using um, Synth, Synth 1 and SQL uh, in FL Studio. Those are two plugins for FL Studio that are not available with the 
effects with FL Studio built in. You need to get them separately. But uh, SQ8L and Synth1VST, you're going to want those. If, if you want to make music that sounds like 80s synth, retro, wave, all that bullshit, uh, definitely get those. Those are handy. Make your own fairy tale. This actually, this one actually isn't my favorite. I don't like how repetitive this, uh, the um, the synthetic brass is here, but it's okay, I guess. Needs a little variance, I think, that's all. get it. Uh, I'll fast forward a little bit. You get the sense of what it is. It's like an eight minute track, but you get it. It's a good uh, background music for something, right? A scene or a video game or whatever, right? Uh, but let's, uh, let's, let's do, let's do an FL studio thing. So I'm going to, I'm going to end this stream here. But before I do, I'm just going to uh, I'm just gonna close this video, and I'm, I made a little producer slate for all the fabulous people over at Patreon who are helping me out. So I made this little thing here. So here is uh, um, where the fuck is it? Um. Where the fuck? I guess I didn't put it on my stream deck yet. Shit. Um, okay, so I'm going to do that now. So I'm just going to add a button onto my stream deck right now, which is uh, source uh, producers. Put that. 
text at the top. That's good. Pick the source. Producers. Boom. Okay, there it is. The button's there. And okay, so here are all my Patreon backers. Boom. Look at all those beautiful, sexy people. All $20 patrons, producers of my content. My content would not be a thing if it weren't for these heroes. Modern day heroes. Who support good content on YouTube. Supporting cucks like me. You want more quality YouTube content that's not uh, Jake or Lloyd Paul? Consider supporting me. Those assholes have got enough money already. They got it coming out of their ears. They don't know what to do with it. Um, but those are all my producers there. So thank you to all those guys who helped me out. And obviously everyone on Super Chat. Uh, did I did I cover all the Super Chats yet? I think I did. Let me just make sure. Um, Captain Desi says, here's some more monies for your tight graphics. Thanks, buddy. Mag Charger XD says, this, the one solo in the middle of the track. Oh, yeah, you were pointing out where the instrument was. Hey, I appreciate all your uh, Super Chats, man. Thank you. All right, so I'm going to end the stream here. We're going to restart with an FL Studio thing. So uh, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching the podcast. I appreciate it. Thanks for all your help. Thanks for all your support. Glad you enjoyed it. Um, let me just... Uh, is there anything else I want to show you guys? Uh, nope. That's it. So... We're going to go offline, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back online and uh, go over FL Studio and make make some music in FL Studio. So, let's do that. Alright, thanks a lot guys, and uh, I will see you again soon. Peace. Peace.